Hey guys, thanks for watching Ike Live. It's brought to you by Mystery Tackle Box. Please check them out. They've got a great product. Go to mysterytacklebox.com. If you use the coupon code Ike Live, you get 50% off Sweet. your first pro box. That's $12.50 <laughs> for a almost $50 value of baits in this box. All right, how's everybody doing? Welcome back to Ike Live. I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday night. I know I am. Uh, this is an exciting one for me because we're taking a little stroll back. Brian DeCarpenter in memory lane. And I like these historical shows where we go back and look at things from the past. Uh, we, we've had a few shows like that, but this is going to be a good one right now. And let me real quick, let me school everybody on what I'm talking about here. And this is a DVD. We, we probably have a Zog. There's probably a lot of 16 to 20 year olds watching right now that don't even know what a DVD is. Is that possible? Uh, but, but this is a DVD that came out in 2007 called Big Bait Posse. And it was a breakthrough DVD, breakthrough video, one of a kind. Um, that for the first time for a lot of people showed swim bait, big bait fishing. Uh, yeah. Dial them up. Dial them up. Dial them up while we're talking this up. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me especially, uh, it was the first time I got to see it. I'd heard about it a little bit, but it was the first time I saw it. So, dude, this video, when, when I, to this day, Dave, when I talk to people, yeah. I, I meet people at shows and they're like, they still talk about it like it was yesterday, you know, like, oh man, I remember, I remember sleeping in my truck watching it. I remember getting, you know, watching it get pumped up. I, you know, I remember it's the first time I saw the Huddleston and, you know, so it was breakthrough. So you then know? Brian's description of it as being the faces of death of bass fishing videos is accurate. Right? I think it's pretty accurate. I think it's pretty accurate. Yeah, it's, how about that, dude? Yeah. It's very – like I said, it's very – the skateboard analogy is there. The early surf videos analogy might be there. But a game changer, um, uh, you know, definitely ahead of its time uh, back in 2007. And you got to also remember this. Dude, and, and Zog, remember this. <laughs> this is before YouTube. This is before social media. This is before all that – mass of content right yeah so it was hard to watch fishing good fishing you know and like i i, I was it's funny i was reading reading the let me let me read this bribe before we get these guys on because this is great text that's on the dvd packaging itself it says tired of watching all those boring bass fishing videos the big bait posse decided to expose the world with their action-packed <laughs> side of swim bait fishing. Over 40 minutes of nonstop bass action filmed exclusively by the fishermen themselves. This DVD provides a unique insight to their days on the water. You've never seen so many giant bass caught in one video. That sums it up pretty good, but you got to remember, Dave, this is like the Stone Age of content. Right. You couldn't get content, you know. So you were getting it through magazines, you were watching crappy TNN or whatever, or Bassmasters. The T Bassmaster show was the most exciting thing out there. You didn't have 
great content, you know? So you got to put this in context, right? Yeah. So it's hard. Somebody's 16 or 18 right now. They're listening to us. They're saying, ah, shit, I watch YouTube all the time and I get this stuff. Well, this is breakthrough for the time. And more than that, and again, this, this might be a good segue here, Brian. More than that, it really did, in my mind, you know, I don't want to say maybe launch big bait, swim bait fishing, but it brought it to people's attention for the first time. And, and it's, that's in itself is groundbreaking. You know, it's groundbreaking. Um, I, I'd love to, at some point, Brian, during the show, I'd love to get some of these young whippersnappers to comment. Ho- hopefully uh, we can get dude, them to call in. I can or, tell you one right now that this yeah. is like, this is like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. This is like Laurel and Hardy to them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Laurel and Hardy, yeah, black get, and white. Yeah, exactly. This is uh, who, who's the guy with the Groucho Marx? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where they don't say no, just hot yeah. hot now they're like, why don't you just turn the camera on yourself? Yeah, and they just speed you around like ring, ring, ring. Yeah, bastards didn't know what we had to do back in the day. But I'll go ahead and I'm gonna call them out by name, and maybe this will maybe this will make them wanna chime in more. I'm gonna call them out by name, Brian Carpenter. Hit them. Um, and these are swim bait guys in their own right. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and say Brandon Polinick, Justin Lucas, like guys like that, you know, these young guys that are, they're really, really, really good with big baits. I bet you if you, if you, you know, survey them, they're going to list and say this was a part of the reason they got into big bait fishing. You know, I, I bet you there's thousands of anglers out there that are in their twenties and thirties that can say the same thing, you know? So, uh, it's ground ground break, groundbreaking video, and I'm so stoked to have these guys uh, have these guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Mike. Oh, I, I have these guys on. Yeah, we're just trying to crop the double. Oh, double try, crop out. double. Okay. Well, no, I was trying to tell you, you. A couple people have commented your S's are super. Strong, oh, my S's the are mic's strong. Super close to your oh, face. Okay, I'll I'll pull the mic away from my face a little bit. Um, I couldn't. I didn't know what that hand signal was, Dave. I didn't know if you were well, smoking I, a I cigarette. I kind of figured if I did this with my face, like <laughs> get it away from your mouth, dude. Like you're giving yourself a yeah. Uh, but the other thing too, and this is great timing to have this show, um, is that I want to say about a week ago, a couple weeks ago, we're gonna find out from these guys. They put it up on YouTube yes. after all these years. Yes, it's finally up on YouTube. So if you're watching right now. And you're like, man, I can't wait to see this. Uh, you can go to you go to YouTube. Just r- put in Big Bait Posse in the YouTube search bar. It'll come up, and you can get to watch this whole video. And it it is it is groundbreaking. It's pretty incredible. So uh, right, let's let's bring them in. We're gonna work on cropping the shot a little bit better right, we'll, as we go. But let's we'll crop ahead, the shot. That's all right. Uh, let's let's get them in, and we have um, and we're we're gonna have two segments of this, Brian the Carpenter, but. Right now, we've got joining us with the double Skype feed. Once we get this crop correctly, we've got Paul Bailey and Matt Newman joining us, and Dave Hollenbach all coming in on uh, different Skype feeds all over the place. What's up, guys? What's happening? What up, Mike? How you doing? How you doing, Mike? doing good, man. Good to see you. Good to see you guys. All right, first things first. Can you believe the other thing when I looked at this video? Can you believe the copyright on this thing is 2007? How the hell did that happen? Paul? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was weird. We had been fishing uh, down in the Southern California area for, for quite a few years. And actually, Matt was the one that, that pretty much got all of us started, I, I think. Um, you know, I wasn't too into bass fishing. I was racing BMX bikes. I know Dave was, you know, good friends with my brother, Sean. 
what happened was, was Sean kind of got into the bass fishing thing. Sean got the bass fishing bug and uh, ended up going into one of the local tackle stores, I believe, and uh, meeting Matt. Matt was working behind the counter at the tackle store. And uh, Matt said, hey, you know, after Sean coming in a bunch of times talking fishing, he says, hey, you know. The first time. It was the first time. He first came- time. Go ahead. Go ahead. You finish from here. Cause you know night. First time I met him, he came in and he had been uh, out of town. And for, lived out of town and he came back and said uh he'd come back and he's i'm gonna learn how to catch a bass and, and so i was in a weird mood so i go okay and i turned around and i pulled this 12 inch ac plug off the shelf and I said, this is what you need and he looked at me crazy and i go yeah yeah that's what everyone's doing and he's like oh okay and and he laughed and everyone at the store was like that was kind of a kind of a dick move and then he came back the next day, and he's got this picture. Man, thank you so much. Look what I got. And then the next two or three days, he was catching one every day on this thing. Oh, my and God. And so uh, we, I think it was like the, uh, a couple of weeks later, I was at the lake, and I saw him bailing water out of his tin boat. And uh, <laughs> I jumped on my boat, and that was it. We, uh, we became best friends after that. Wow. It, it's yeah. And that was, that was kind of how it all started was, was, you know, that, that was the whole start of it. And then from there, it just grew into kind of where we are now. Yeah. I had that, I had that really big day where I had 27 over eight pounds in a row. Yeah. And so after that day, I raced over to Best Buy and, and I, well, Dave was, Dave was with me that day. And then the next day I went to Best Buy, bought a little handy cam and I brought back my mom. Yeah. So I didn't want anybody else knowing. So I came back with my mom to film it, and she filmed me and Dave. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then that's awesome. you. Now, that's when I invited you out, and we got all that footage. And so I started compiling quite a bit of footage. And then Sean, I showed Sean, and that's when he's like, "Well, I got some footage. That, can we put it together?" So that was that. And then Paul jumped in after that, and it was. That was it. And we were just filming every day. We were mental. You know, we were we were very competitive to get the best footage. Yeah. But we were sharing to make sure we got bit that day. Yeah. So we it was every single day we were just running around that lake. And every time that camera got shut off, battery goes. We finally get one. Of course. <laughs> so frustrating. Remember how many times it was terrible. Yeah. Of course. Enough. It's unbelievable. Now, here's here's the thing I want to start with because it's it's so interesting to me, and this this has happened to other people I met in other walks of life and other professions. But when it's happening, when when you know when all this is going down, it doesn't seem doesn't seem that significant at the time. You know what I mean? It's it, it's almost like you're just doing what you do, you're just having fun. It's just who you are, and then you you're able to reflect back on it all these years later and you're like holy hell how important was like it you know it, it's amazing to me when i look back on that I, I was there i was there for that day i was hanging with you guys i got to see it up close i remember but it, it just seemed like a fun fishing day to me at the time and now all these years i look back on it and i'm like god these guys were changing the world did you have you ever guys ever thought about that i mean in in those in that context you, you know, I, I, I guess you kind of think it in your head a little bit, but then you feel like that's a bit overegoed a little bit. So you're like, no, bring yourself down. Like maybe it wasn't just, I mean, it wasn't just us, but I've had people say that we changed it. And I, I, obviously we did. We, yeah. we put it in light. We definitely did. I mean, there was guys that I, like Dana, Dana and Mike Breakbill, those guys taught me. So, but they weren't filming it. They weren't 
didn't fill up, didn't fish every day. Right. Uh, we, we were younger and fanatical. Um, so yeah, we knew we were doing something cool. We, we knew when we were filming it, that was the drive as nobody has captured this on film, but, uh, to sit back even, you know, five years after the video and think that we were the ones responsible for it is hard to think, I guess, because it was going to happen eventually. Yeah. 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 yeah did, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say maybe or maybe not. You know, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to look back and uh, and and say if we didn't do this, would it ever be this big? If we, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think I think it changed. I think it changed everything and, and from different perspectives, you know. For sure, and and by the way, I made a social media post earlier in the week, and it's funny, and I knew it was going to happen. I told Brian the Carpenter, I made a post talking about this show, talking about having you guys on, and I didn't say anything about you guys being the original Big Bait guys. I just said, man, we've got the guys from Big Bait Posse coming on talk. We're going to reflect on the you know the start of this movement, and I mean, it was like they just started jumping in with these names, you know, like bullshit. This guy was first. This guy. So I'm not even saying from the perspective of you guys starting big swim bait fishing, but other things like making a video, presenting yeah. fishing in a way we've never seen it in this context of almost surfing, skateboarding style videos. Um, and, you know, yeah. I, I think it, it changed the, wor the fishing world in all those ways. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was kind of my intention when I came into the picture. These guys were fishing really hard. I was uh, I was really big into the BMX scene. I was traveling all over the world doing races and doing uh, dirt contests and all that fun stuff. And jealous. And so I I kind of had the vision of myself of making this bass fishing thing more like a motocross video, a skate video, a surf video, a, a BMX video. And, and that's where I kind of got the vision for where I, I started seeing them do what they were doing and they were compiling enough footage to where man we can start doing this if we all get together and uh and, and that was that was my vision of it and and i think putting that kind of style in front of bass fishing and bass fishing fans really made it more fun in a sense yeah, yeah and, and i think in that sense we did kind of start the movement of hey let's put the camera on the boat and film our day of fishing and yeah there was a commitment there you yeah. know to, yeah yeah at the handy cam, you had to secure it in the yeah in the in the seat, and then you had to have a, some kind of battery power going to it. It was so on GoPro years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all these young guys right now listening and watching this, they're 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 saying, "Shit, man, why don't you go just go to Best Buy and get a GoPro, bro? There were no GoPros back then, bro." Like it. no one assumed fishing like that really either. So yeah, and you're 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 fishing spot to spot. It's not like you can sit there and fish over and over. So you got tear down, drive, set it up, yeah, ready, go. You know, yeah, don't cast it, cast it. Yeah. Okay, you can cast now. Yeah. <laughs> now let, let's let's clear let's quick, quick let's comment, yeah go ahead. What do you got? Comment from the message board. Yeah. Who was it there? Uh, Buck Stronghold Gentleman Bronco wants to know, guys. <laughs> this guy wants to know which DVD has been watched more, this Big Bait Posse or Pam and Tommy Lee on the boat? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I'd say oh, they've Jeff, got equal Jeff, amount of views. I, I, res uh, I responded, uh, Pam's Clam all day long. Yeah. <laughs> Pam's Clam. <laughs> yeah, but are they? Fo uh, but some people are more focused on Tommy's Big Bait, not Pam's <laughs> Clam. Swim bait. Huddleston. <laughs> Oh yeah. no! He's definitely part of the posse. Tommy's Wonder <laughs> Uh I I did want to. Hey, yeah, right. go ahead, Dave. While we're on, I am. Yeah. This is one more. I'm going to get it okay. away, guys. Uh, Bailey, true or false? Did you glue two seven-inch Senkos together to win a tournament out there? 
That wasn't me. That was my brother, Sean. You guys are going to talk to him in a little bit, but absolutely happened. We were sitting in an empty apartment. I had just moved to Clear Lake that day. And he comes up and he says, I'm going to use Mendit and Mendit these two giant seven inch Sankos together. And then he double Texas rigs it. He rigs it with a Texas rig and then has a trailer down to another EWG on the other side of his 14 inch Sanko and says, I'm throwing this tomorrow. His first cast, he catches a 989 and wins 10 grand and never gets another bite on it the rest of the day. Wow, <laughs> dude. Yep. That's I have insane. to tell you the story about he, it. It was unbelievable. He, he, told me what he was going to do and the spot he was going to do it on before he left 10 hours away. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. God. That's right. No, no practice, no <laughs> anything. It was just one of those full intuition and great call. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. Great question. That's insane. All right. Now I, I do want to clear the air before we start this and I want to get your guys, I'm going to go through each of you and get your opinion on who started the swim bait movement. Who, who is the guy who's, who's your mentor? with big bait fishing uh matt let's start with you because i think i know the answer i read an article where you quoted i think it was uh dana or i think you went fishing with somebody you credited him but let's let's start with you matt who started swim bait fishing big bait fishing well dana was the one that taught me it and he was the one that took it to tournaments uh, he actually had a 63-pound limit in a in a team tournament, an ABA team tournament. What? Oh. So, yes, it's it's legit ABA. But uh, before him, I mean, Alan Cole was a, maybe a couple months before him or, or so because he was using Alan Cole's baits. Yeah. And before him was Jim Mason. And Jim Mason is a local that that he's an old grumpy. He's been like 80 for the last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. I mean, it's just like a farmhand, like really wrinkled guy. The Marlboro kind of guy. Anyway, he was using this bait called a um, a dinosaur, and it's a 12-inch rubber boot tail bait that we were using for the big lingcods in the ocean. And he had a, an idea, and he was doing. I mean, I was a little kid, and looking at him coming in with these fish, and I'm just like, How, what, where, what part of the lake? Like yeah. it was so couldn't grasp what he was doing, and that he was doing it by himself with no one to look at, follow nothing, crushing. Wow. So wow. that was – he had to be the first. Alan Cole was right after, and then Dana took it to tournaments with – with um, what was uh, TNT's name? Uh, Tokahara. Um, what is his name? Darren. Darren Tokahara. Yeah, he was making those baits. He was making a huge wooden bait. This is back in 2000. Wow. That's amazing. That That's a good se- segue. Dave, I want to get your opinion on who started all this. But before I do that, I want to give you credit because – I got to say, you have to be a part of this uh, wooden swim bait thing from the very beginning. Um, Join it, wooden swim baits, swim wooden swim baits without a lip. You got to be right up there with one of the first guys creating these things. I was copying other things too, and there was always, you know, the AC plug, the AC minnow, all those, (laughs) and then honestly practicing in a pool, the bill broke off, hit the, you know, and it still swam. Yeah, you know. Like that's really how it all it all happened. And and Paul's brother Sean, we got we worked at a place together, yeah. Matt, and, and we would we wouldn't work. We would just go and, and make, <laughs> make lures. Uh-oh, I'm not what? not kidding. We would wow. work all day, and our boss was cool enough to to just ask for one or whatever. He didn't care. Yeah, so that's really how it happened. Was just they were they were expensive, 
Sean, I think, bought one on eBay for like yeah, an outrageous crazy. amount. Here's a good story. Yeah. So right when I got my uh, first hand-carved trout from Ken, it was a piece of art. And I showed Sean, and he was sick. He's like, oh, I hate you. I hate you. So we went out together, and he was so jealous. That night, he took his dad's broom. He chopped it in half and pinned them together. And he was like, look, I got I'm a, I got a big bait, too. So we roll out and we both throw over this point and we're probably 10 feet apart. And I start winding mine for the first time and it's just snaking through the water. I'm like, oh my God. And he goes, oh yeah. And he turns the handle on his and his just does an L turn and locks up and just starts coming through the water like broken. Like, <clears throat> I'm like, <laughs> boom, he gets blown up on. <laughs> that sounds like a scene from the original Breaking movie. <laughs> Popping and locking with the broomstick. Breaking was different than beach be- street. Yeah, breaking and beach street were totally different, Dave. Get that okay. shit straight. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, but Dave, honestly, does it does it piss you off? Because you look at it, you know, designing these wooden baits, uh, pioneer of of these segmented baits, lipless segmented baits. Now you've got, you know, you've got triple trout, you've got Roman made mothers, you've got all these freaking baits selling for three, four hundred dollars a piece. Does that piss you off or is it flattering? Uh, I mean, it doesn't – It's. I guess it's kind of flattering, but it's at the same token, there's no way to – out of 20 baits, one of them was effective. Right. It, there's so much work. There's so much whatever. You know, I think that's – it's all, always about chasing that magic bait and just having something that – I think the worst part about it is that there's more of those baits out there now. Yeah. Where before we kind of had a little secret weapon where, yeah. you know, like yeah. nobody had, no, they never saw it. And, and you know, fish are smart. They yep. bite at once. And the patience know? that we fished them at. So jumping around here, our lake, that, that lake, Casitas, went through a real bad time and it's coming back now. Uh, there's some big fish coming back. And so I'm, I'm getting excited throwing them again. But you have to take a deep breath because when we were fishing these things, we're dead sticking and taking a really long time to get them in a real long time. And, and you find yourself just winding again. You're like, I got to stop. Yeah. But it's like clear lake. You can get away with winding. When I filmed with you, that area there, you could wind pretty good. But on the pressured lake, we really had to let those baits sit there. For, and then you, you could like see like a trout, a live trout sitting yeah. there waiting. And then you're just trolling around yeah. and then waiting for it to get found. And then all of a sudden they'd start getting chased and you'd throw on them and, it was that kind of a thing, but that's how our lures would have to work because that's how those trout were. Yep. They were just there waiting, and then as soon as somebody found them, it was game on, and that's how they react to those. Yeah. yeah. That- so yeah, those yeah, the, yeah. I mean, that was really all it was was just getting a lot more. Yeah, of and, that. That, and that's a great segue. I I do want to I do want to talk. This is like live. It's not BU, but I do want to talk a little uh, fishing info here today, today too, which is when you watch that video. I don't want to say it looks easy, but it, it almost looks like, man, you just throw this bait out and all of a sudden you're catching an eight to 10 pounder. Like to a lot of people that, you know, I think there's a mystique that like you're going to throw it, you'll get a big bite. It's easy. But what you just said, Matt, I agree. And, and Paul, I want you to chime in too, which is, dude, there's so much strategy and technique to fishing these big baits. It, it's not as easy as throwing it and reeling it. I learned so much that day I fished with you guys, but I'll give you a story real quick, and then I want you guys to talk about how much skills involved in this. Um, 
I want to say it was like a year later, I jumped in the boat with uh, Ish Monroe and, and uh, Bub Tosh. And, dude, we, we've, we went out um, somewhere over near Ish. We threw a Huddleston all day. I mean, threw it all day, all day, all day. Never had a bite, doing all the stuff, doing all the stuff right on all the right spots. And, like, at the very end of the day, we, we were just so frustrated. We were tired. God, we had enough. Let's let's get the hell out of here. Very end of the day, we look over and like out of the corner of our eye, we see this trout being chased by like two or three <laughs> giant bass. Just you know, the trout was almost making this weird noise as he jumped out of the water. It's like ee 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 ee, <laughs> and we're and you know we, we looked at each other and we're like, what the fuck? How, how, how big do you think the fish with bass were? Eight to ten pounders, like giants. And, you know, we look at each other like so frustrated that we threw at this point 150 times during the day, if not more. And now the real, you know, the bass comes by and eats the real thing like it's a piece of candy. Like, what were we doing wrong? So it's not as easy as throwing it and catching them. Talk a little bit about that. Paul, chime in a little bit on, on fishing these big baits. Yeah, it's kind of like just to kind of start off where they left off. You know, the fish get really smart. Yeah. Um, and that was the whole ticket to our success back in the early days was we're the only ones throwing Dave's hand-carved wood baits and my brother Sean's hand-carved wood baits. Yeah. And just hadn't seen them before. And then, you know, we went from a two-piece bait to a three-piece bait. And that was like, oh, man, then you just got three times as many bites the next day when you when they saw that. and But you'd be surprised it would take a matter of two or three days on the lake for those fish to get hip to each bait. And so they, they get really, really smart. Now you, you throw in, you know, where we are today and all the different options we have with colors and sink rates and sizes and all this other crazy stuff. It's like I just think that that where we are now versus where we are then the fish are a lot smarter. So now yeah. we have to be even smarter ourselves to be able to get those fish to react like they used to. And, and it's getting harder and harder, but there's always something new. That comes out, that makes them do it. And so everybody's looking for the next new thing. And and while we're waiting for that, we're just refining where we got to be, when we got to be there, and how we got to put that bait out there to get bit. And we're trying to do that the best we can every time out. Yeah, and that's and that's the, the beauty of fishing, right? It's that puzzle. And uh, whether you're fishing a two-inch freaking worm on a shaky head or a 12-inch swim bait, it's about that puzzle. Let me remind everybody watching, we're uh, we're talking Big Bay Posse. We got some of the original guys on uh, talking about this whole thing. You got a question or comment, please hit us up on our IM. Dave, what do we got? We got a couple coming through. Yeah, so we have a couple. So, um, hey guys, so Ian West, he's the host of a uh, of, of a Canadian uh, fishing podcast called Canada. Fear Fishing. He's a big oh, fan of you guys. Canada. He said that uh, ever since your video, he he never uh, stopped wearing a flat brim hat. <laughs> <laughs> See that? He also said that that should at least earn him a signed DVD from one of you guys to at least send to the studio so he can display it. Come on, Ian. <laughs> oh, right. man. Epic. Those DVDs are like gold now, I guess. I have two copies. I believe I know where one other copy is, and I don't know where any other other copy is. Look at that thing, guys. I got, I got one with the cellophane still yeah, on it. Of course, Mike has one still I sealed. I haven't sealed. It's not gonna, I'm not opening copy. that thing. It's, it's a million-dollar so, copy right there. So, guys, all three of you can answer this question. Mike O wants to know, in your opinion, for each three, he wants to know, is it more about the presentation or the bait specifically, in your opinion? You know, you want to start, Matt, or you want me to go? Go ahead, Paul. Okay. You know, for me, it's about the presentation. Uh, And it's also about the time of year. 
Uh, I think the time of year and, and giving them the opportunity at the right time is absolutely more important than any bait choice you can make. Uh, there's sometimes a year where I'm pretty sure I can throw my shoe over a certain point with a hook on it and catch one. Um, and that's just, they're looking for those size baits and that's when we really start throwing them more and more. There's a, there's a few times throughout the year where I don't have a bait over six inches on my deck and, and it's for a five, six, seven month period during summer. And it seems like I've kind of backed off the big bait fishing when it's not the right time, as opposed to trying to find out which bait or which color is going to work for that one bite that day. I, I focus more on there's a right time at every lake. Once you learn the time you got to throw it, that's when I really focus my attention on it. That's a good one. Yeah. I think that a presentation is, is as important, but then the bait, you can't catch fish out of 40 with a, with a topwater bait, you know? So, you know, you do need a 12 or say a 12 HUD. You do need a deep, heavy swim bait when in the winter months, not always, but you know, when the bite's deep, you've got to have a deep one when it's, when it's on the top, you know, a, a, a glide bait, is epic. And then going to the, the Lanka punkers. I mean, that, that really changed things. That was a huge topwater bait. Yeah. So baits, you know, there's a time of year where you have to apply the right bait, but I, I've always, I've tried ever, ever since that days, I keep it simple. I look at baits as tools. They're just straight tools. I don't need two hammers. I don't need two Phillips. Um, I've got, I've got my, you know, my five HUD, my 12 HUD, my glide bait. You now, you know, I, I do, I've got my 12-inch glide baits, my my smaller ones, but I don't have five different brands of a six-inch glide bait. I don't have different. I just I try to keep it simple. Otherwise, you're going to be spending too much time trying different stuff too. It's a tool. We've we've got that 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 column covered. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you just can't force feed. You can't make them eat a, a swim bait in 40 foot if they're. Yeah, so you just you just got to have the right bait for what you're trying to or where you're trying to target them at, you yeah. know, and that's color, that's, color near isn't, isn't as near important as putting it in the right spot at the right time. That, that's that's definitely my opinion. For sure. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, we get on colors, but they don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We always say at the end of the day, I, every time we go fishing together, me and Matt, we talk about it. We're like, do you think it was the color? <laughs> you think if we try to color tomorrow, it, it, they would still bite it? And, and you just, and then we're always like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you throw a, a pink one out there and they'll eat it. You know, yeah. it's just being in the right place at the right time and 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 figuring that part of it out. And the rest kind of just seems easy on those days when they actually go ahead and bite it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have one more guys from a guy very active on the uh, IM tonight. His name's Epic Eric. He wants wow. to know from each three of you, what is your only like if you can only throw one bait on the end of your rig? Ooh. What's the only bait you're throwing? That's a good one. I think Eric just won something. That's a good one. I know Eric. Just, Eric, send your info through. Like, you start. Like a big bait? It'd be a Huddleston. No, yeah. like, you know, not one specific weight, but it would be a HUD. No question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's, if, I, if, if I had to go back in time to go win some tournaments and I was only allowed one bait, it'd be a Huddleston. No question. Yeah. Yeah, even even to this day, from then till now, I think all three of us, and you know, my brother Justin included, and everybody else in the DVD, we've caught more fish on a Huddleston, and, and made more money in tournaments on a Huddleston, and, and fish when it counts. Uh, to to that's I think by far all, all of our choices. Uh, I can't speak for Sean or Justin, but definitely a Huddleston. Yeah. One more, guys. One more, really good one. Patrick Loudon wants to know: Do you prefer braid, fluoro, or mono? Oh. And 
Sure. It's a long one. What leader or knots do you prefer? Specifically knots. What kind of what kind of knots do you prefer? We have Paul Robinson on this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have debates for hours on the phone over this, me and Matt, because we have we have complete opposite views on it. <laughs> well, not not really, but you know, we're just just on the glide bait part of it. Uh, I fish fluorocarbon on all baits that are going to be subsurface, ten feet. So if I'm fishing a, a top hook bait or a half ounce, three quarter, one ounce, two ounce bait, something that's going to be fished to ten to forty foot. I'm going to throw fluorocarbon every single time. Um, and that's just to keep the line gets down. I can track the bait better. I know where it is on the bottom. Uh, it's not coming up when I'm swimming it like it would with braid. Now, with with, uh, with a glide bait, every glide bait I throw, and I throw maybe three different kinds, um, I kind of tend to fish a different a different uh, braid to a leader or sometimes straight fluorocarbon. And it's kind of just the way each bait acts is what I use. And if I do use a leader, when I, when I go braid to a leader, I go braid to a 30 pound mono and I use a uni knot every single time. Uni knot. Yeah. It's a good one. And I'm straight braid. I, <clears throat> I've had the, even Paul, Paul's brother, Sean, he's an absolute braid to leader guy too. And I, we've had arguments and I go, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't. So I go straight braid on all my glide baits. Wow. I don't, that knot. Yeah. Never had that? an issue. Um, you know, you have to mend it a little bit better, a little differently when, you, when That's you're. That's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, like when you're, if you're swishing a glide bait, and if you're not doing a line pickup right, the the braid will drop, and your front hook will grab it. But um, I, I've since that's the only way I do it. It doesn't happen to me. I mean, Sean literally has been on my shoulder, going, "Well, this is going to happen," and I go, "Well, it's not happening," and I think it's because it's the only way I've done it. Yeah. So I, I, I pick up the reel subconsciously. I pick up that slack. Yeah. But uh. Yeah, and, and you can't fish just braid with like a, a top water wood. It will always pick yep. it up. Right. So you have to go to a leader on that. But aside from that, braids, now, it's just so sensitive, like so instant. Yeah. Like, there was a know. tournament eye-opening at uh, Clear Lake. I fished with Paul, and we were fishing glide baits. And there were some spots where I we, we were like ticking the tops of the grass on some spots and getting a bit better. And it was he was I think I, one of us was all braid and one of us was all floral. Right. Right. And Flora was pulling down the glide bait a little deeper, and it was getting bit better on some spots. But then the other spots, it was hitting the grass and bogging it up, so you had to go straight braid. So remember, remember that one? Like, I'm like, hey, mine's not hitting. So yeah, absolutely. And so I don't think you can you can generalize it as I only throw this with this. I think every circumstance, every braid, uh, maybe re it requires a different setup, and that's why there's so many options now, and that's why we're all so much more evolved because the options that they, that we have now with all of this. And, that, and that's kind of what, what keeps it fun. Yeah. That, that's a good point because you know, you made the great point where fish are smarter, right? This isn't 2007. Um, you know, fish have seen a lot of swim baits, but the equipment's better. A lot of the baits are better, right? Uh, Matt, mm -hmm. jump in on this one with the rods and reels. I, I remember, you know, even back in 2007, a lot of them seemed like dinosaurs compared to the equipment that we have now. So it did has that balanced it? The fish are smarter. They're getting more pressure, but we have better rods, better line, better baits. Is, is it a balance? It, well, probably not. I mean, I still think they have the advantage, but we we're you know, we're closing the gap. Um, the equipment, yes. I mean, my old musky rods were heavy and bulky and. It was it was it was a pain, and the reels we were using ambassadors in the beginning, some of those old 5500s. Yeah. Um, so that was awful. And then obviously then then we went to the, the Shimano Cardiffs for a while, or for, for forever really. And it's uh, 
It's, my setup is it weighs probably my rod and reel. Uh, we have an iRod Bailey swim that Paul designed for all of this. And uh, it probably weighs with the reel, what, eight ounces, six, seven, say eight ounces. Wow. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And so everything's just so much more advanced now. And we're trying to balance it out, but I don't think it's balancing out. They're still way smarter than we are. Right? <laughs> you could give me a laser beam rod and I still can't catch them better. It's right. funny you should say that, guys, because Wawa, Wawa Hoagie Lady on our board said the fish look both ways in New Jersey when they cross the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Only from Wawa Hoagie Lady. Uh, I, I, I do want to get back to the video for a second. I, I want to switch gears and get back to this video. Who's responsible? Because, again, this to me, when I look at this, this is just the biggest breakthrough in the fishing world. It took fishing from these boring freaking fall asleep videos to something exciting in your face who was the mastermind behind this who who was responsible for the music the wild west uh sound effects uh all all of it who whose idea was this we uh it's funny you asked my buddy kurt haller he uh he was a big part of the back backing of me when i raced bmx bikes he uh created moto triple x which Krusty Demons of Dirt, Moto Triple X, uh, all these videos were starting to come out in late 90s, early 2000s. He was a part of, of creating all of those and filming, editing, getting music rights, doing all that. Uh, it just so happens uh, one day I was riding my BMX bike. We were filming a video for one of my sponsors. Uh, and the Moto Triple X crew ended up coming to the trails that we were at. And they were filming for one of their new videos. I got hooked up with a guy by the name of Jordan introduced me to Kurt and then me and Kurt uh, ended up, he ended up sponsoring me. He started a supercross team that was uh, traveling around the country uh, with a box van and, and full fledged sponsors and everything. And he ended up paying uh, for a lot of my BMX stuff, fully sponsored me, uh, supported me for a long time throughout my BMX career. So after BMX was kind of dying, I ended up breaking my leg. I broke my jaw. You know, I, I kind of had to look for other options. Uh, me and Kurt stayed friends. We golfed all the time. And uh, he I kind of brought this idea to him like, hey, man, do you want to step out of your comfort zone and try this in fishing? Yeah. Um, I, you know, we really need your help with this. We, you know, the music, everything has to be right for this to work. And, and would you help us? And and he was really the mastermind behind it. Now, there was quite a few other editors and sound guys that that helped us do the to pick all the, the you know, the the, the I forgot the Yes, the sound that we used for it and then the titling and all that good stuff, the graphics, uh, that was all sent off afterwards. So there was quite a few guys involved in that. And that was all thanks to Kurt. Kurt, Kurt was a big help with that. Wow. Pretty, pretty incredible. Pretty breakthrough. The shout, only shout out to shout out to Kurt for not using country music. Shout out to Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. Yeah, Kurt. Thank you for not using country music. But um, I, uh, <laughs> a gas face to Kurt for spelling my name wrong on the cover of this DVD. It's actually Lacanelli. Which every uh, hotel yeah. in the United States does at some point during the year. They call you yeah. yeah, they no one believes two vowels can be in an I and A can be next to each other. Yeah, so I, it's I, very I, common. Nobody's ever spelled my name right. Yeah. Did he spell it right? Yeah. Or wrong? No, it's wrong on the cover. It's Mike Lacanelli. Right? Is it Lacanelli? Yeah, Lacanelli. I've heard this that. Yeah. Oh man, you know what? In all honesty, that's probably my fault because I, I probably had the final say in sending that off. <laughs> that's I think it's great. That's okay. And at the Dude, time, I think I was lactating, so it makes sense. I remember you had a hockey jersey. You were, you were lacking Ellie too. Oh yeah. At least one. They oh, it's have, it's always right. better than that. Big shout out to the gas face. The gas face. Yeah. Gas face. You remember that? Very, very strong, bro. Yeah. <laughs> strong pull. I, I appreciated that. Big shout out to the gas face. Um, uh, I. 
I got to ask this. I, I, I know this is probably already come up on the message board and, and these guys don't put everything through because some of them they think are too controversial, but I don't give a shit. I have uh-huh. to ask you guys. Uh, about Mike I, yeah, oh, I have to ask about it. I have to ask about it. Um, you know, w- we hear so many opinions come through the show from guys on the East Coast, guys from the Midwest, guys from club fishermen to pro ranks. But I want to hear from you guys. Uh, you, you guys live live it more than anybody. You breathe it. Um, give us your opinion on the whole Mike Long situation. Well, on, on posts, you mean, or, or during the time where he wasn't busted? I, I, all of it. All of it. I, I mean, I... Man, it's going to be a long show. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so he... He was introduced to me right after we kind of got going. Our whole the posse, I think, was out maybe, or it was just before that, actually. I think I had a, that big day maybe. So I was introduced to him, and I, I hate to be a turkey talker, but I remember the first conversation we had, and he um, you know, he was introduced to me. you got to call this guy. He's just as big of a swim baiter as you guys. So I remember talking to him, and he had no input on swim baits. All he wanted to talk about was jigs. And I remember hanging up going, well, that was weird. When does he yeah. bait fit? And we had probably two or three conversations over the years, very short ones, but it was, there was never swim bait talk and there was all these swim bait pictures. Yeah. And, uh, I just remember it being weird. And I remember bringing it up. I remember bringing it up to other people saying, I thought it was weird. I was not accusing him of being a poacher at the yeah. time. No, it wasn't. But I thought it was weird that he never talked about him. That was his M.O., and he, he, whenever we talked, it was just jigs. That's all he fished. But uh, post, I think it's it's just you get caught up in that fame, and it's a yeah. hard thing to stay in. I mean, you, you, the last time I caught a 10-pounder, it's been, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, to break 10, and it's, it's hard. So if that's your living, you know, we, we, we managed to live on tournaments and other stuff, guiding. That got us through to today. Yeah. But for him – it was big baits. It was, or at least that was his MO or big fish. Yeah. So as hard as they are to get, you start to get desperate. And I think that's, uh, it's, that was, his, that was a happen. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do, do you think, uh, I mean, has it tarnished, you know, obviously it's tarnished Mike Long for forever, for the rest of yeah. his eternity, but has it tarnished big bait fishing in general? Has it, has it tarnished swim bait no. fishing? No, I don't think the, well, I know the community never considered him part of it. I, I just don't. Yeah. Uh, I think they did. And then the rest of the world, I mean, it might be a shock, I guess. It'd be yeah. a shock to them. I mean, but we, us in California knew, knew the story about five years before it broke. Um, they, they, they the, the boys that put that out tried to get that word out five years earlier, and it just never got traction. And I remember spinning out going, wait a minute, this guy just got busted, and he's right. still out doing this because it never got traction. Um, okay, well, maybe he, you know, I started second guessing. Maybe he didn't really do it. Why is he still here? But then these guys got so upset, they put some film to it. And that was the, that was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting because, you know, again, we've, we've heard from a lot of people. And the thing that gets me, and I, I, I think you hit it, Matt. I think sometimes, you know, people can get caught up, you know, in, in certain things. And maybe that's what happened to Mike. But, but for me, like, the the failure part of the sport, the failure part, the not catching them, the getting broke off, the having that giant follow and not catch it, that's that drives me more than catching them. You know what I that's, mean? That's, oh, yeah, my thing. earliest mornings are the day after a terrible day. You yeah. Know? I'll get earlier. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. good way to put it. And that's it. how yeah. you know that, that's how you know when someone's real and has that true passion for it, and someone that doesn't. Yeah. And 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 I just don't think he did. He was in it for the wrong reason. He didn't have the passion of fishing. He had the passion of look at me. Yeah. From the get go, he never fished. You know, really, yeah. he was a true anyway. Ugh. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. It, it's it's funny because, you know, I remember like in my life, I've said this before on the show and Dave and Brian know this well because I've known him for so many years. But I don't remember a lot of things in life, dude. I, I, I have a horrible memory on mostly everything except fishing shit. It's like, dude, I can close my eyes and remember like exact things that happen. I can smell smells that happen. And it's funny when I remember back on filming this um, – the things I remember more than the ones I caught were the other things. Like I remember having a giant Matt. I don't know if you remember, but like we were up against this toolie edge, yeah. and I had a giant, giant, like bigger than anything we caught that day, snaking behind it, and I was so crushed that I could not figure out a way how to make that thing eat the swim bait. You know, I was so crushed. I remember that. I remember netting big ones. For, from you, you caught a lot of big ones that day. I remember that, but it was. Um, remember the the giant one I had. It was a giant one, and the camera crew had just raced over to Ish, and we had a camera. But when I when you went to grab the net, the camera knocked over. Do you remember that? It was I the do one. remember that. And I go to catfish Mike. He's like, "Are you sure?" I go, "Oh yeah, this thing's pulling. It's a catfish." Yeah. And then double oh, catfish don't jump. I have the audio still because the camera fell over and went black. But you and me are going, no, nah, Mike. And you go, no, catfish don't jump. And then you hear it break the water and both of us go. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> the best audio on that one. It, that, that was a giant. Yeah, it, it was incredible. I mean, it's hard, you know, it's hard to describe it. Like I said, it was so, so many years ago. And it's for me to look back. I didn't realize what was happening at the time i didn't realize the experience of you know i was having i mean dave it was like i was thrust into the world of this big bait fishing i'm an east coast guy i'm a jersey guy like a big bait in jersey is like a six inch culprit <laughs> texas rig you know and i remember the mystique of it of being an east coast guy and being put in the boat you know being surrounded by you guys that were so good at it it was it was an amazing moment for me, and I, I don't know if I ever got to thank you guys, but thank you for allowing me to be a part of that. Oh, it was awesome. it was somehow I mean it's, it changed my life, so thank you very much. That's rad. Thanks, Mike. The whole uh, sorry, one second. the whole um the the whole way you got there too, the whole trip where we called you the day before and you well how long is it going to be good for? And I go to tomorrow. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't find a flight to L.A., so he ended up going. Well, I found a flight to Oakland, and Ish can drive me. It lands at midnight, and yeah. then we can drive all night, and we could be there around 5:30. And I'm like, uh, we'll be waiting. <laughs> Man, first cast, you got one. Craziest, craziest thing in the world. I miss those days. I miss those yeah. days of being being able to be more of a gypsy, you know, and yeah. just the free wheel like that. Can you imagine having that time now, Bry? Where you're like, you know, you get a, a call from your buddy on the West Coast. And, I dream about it. Come fish. You're like, well, yeah, come on, man. Let me let me ask you this, Mike. Do you and Brian miss the days when you shamed me about a big swim bait before these guys were even born when I was trying to throw one? <laughs> Listen, California guys, check this out. So, right? 
<laughs> around like 92, 93, I break out the six-inch shad wrap that Rapallo was making. Oh, the ma- the musky size. Before the Mike, wrap. before Mike knew they would build him a castle, I was throwing that bait. Okay. <laughs> and they shamed me out of throwing it. I was throwing it on a flipping stick because I figured that would be the best way to present it. Do you guys remember shaming me out of the bait? Oh yeah, we shamed you out a lot. Not just that one, but a lot of them. <laughs> we chilled it on like champagne. Exactly, we did. Yeah, I, I, listen, I had, I had, I had a theory that it would work. You know, I didn't know anything about California. Anything I knew about California was I wanted to live there because I was a BMX guy too, uh, Mr. Paul Bailey. All right, I wished I, I wished I was you. Like that, that, that's who I wanted to be. But listen, they shamed me mad. Don't let Mike talk about all the swim bait shit because I'm telling you right now, <laughs> he's a fraud on that. He, he totally dissed me on that about 30 years ago. All right, now look, a giant fucking shallow diving shad wrap is not the same as the swim bait that these guys are throwing but first the, of all that's all i had you think I, cavemen, I, you think cavemen wouldn't want a rifle <laughs> all right hey mike mike after that day i had i i gave you a bait because you were so enamored staring at it that one that was do you still have that i dude i i'm 99 percent sure i still have it so i scrambled through my big baits before the show came on i've got a bunch sitting here on the coffee table but i couldn't find that one but here's the thing was it your eyes were remember he was like yeah oh yeah his favorite talks about it his favorite favorite lucky bait (laughs) i just wanted to know if it ever did anything for you i i'm telling you i am a hoarder i i do not throw baits away and I'm 99% sure I still have that one. Like, literally, I'm a hoarder. If you know the TV show about the hoarders on the show, that's me with Fish and Tackle. <laughs> that's awesome. I've that's never awesome. get rid of Allure. Um, any, uh, I, I just want to know. We, we talk about Byron every once in a while. I bring Byron up in the show. Have you guys heard from Byron lately? Has, has uh, anybody contacted saw, Byron? Been in contact with him? Byron, uh, two years ago was the last time I saw him. And he was, uh, he was raising his daughter. That yep. was like his full-time deal and he was happy 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 too yeah uh, but fishing well i don't know if he's fishing i don't know yeah yeah i mean you got i, I think byron you know byron velvet might, might get a bad rap in, in some respects um he may be a little misunderstood but i i think byron was a big part of of this movement he, too he, you he, know? Was the part, he was the first guy to do it in tournaments yeah that was i mean he literally did i mean he had the record in bass what year was that that was uh 2000 maybe yeah Sounds about uh, right. So, yeah, there's, he, there's still a cove named here at Clear Lake. It's called Byron's Corner. Ever, yeah. ever since he won in 2000, that corner of the lake is Byron's Corner. So he was a huge influence on swim bait fishing, let alone our video. And there's like a dozen bachelorettes with Brian's essence. Byron. <laughs> 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 and and the, and the fact that there's a giant floating penis in that cove probably has something to do with it. It's yeah, called yeah. Byron's Cove. Yeah, too. a half dozen dead whitefish laying in the yeah. corner. <laughs> These darn adult bookstore buys. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's crazy. Uh, shout out to Byron. Shout out to Byron. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I've been dying to ask you this too, guys, and I, I very, very, very much value your opinion. And I know there's a million people watching and listening right now thinking the same thing. Um, you guys were on the cutting edge of all this way, way back then. Now, what's the next big thing? What, what if, if we're sitting here right now having this conversation saying the next big thing? in fishing it doesn't even have to be swim baits but i want to hear from each of you dave start with you what's what's the next big thing that we're going to see it's it's going to be uh 
it's it's going to be a different way that that these lures get retrieved. I don't know. That that's going to be the new. I think that's the next direction is a, a self swimming bait of some sort that wow. doesn't. All right, I'm going the other way with that one. Okay. Yeah, not the other way. I'm going to go another angle. Is it's going to be graphing technology. Right now, it's gotten so incredible. Yeah. Where the, the scanning is going on. Um, if we can start scanning deeper water, like if I could go scan a point out in 40 foot, that's you know a long cast away, which is going to be the future. We're not there yet, I don't think. Yeah. But uh, well, well, maybe the military sure is. But um, I think that's it. So we can start really because it's it's that's changed the game now. The guys winning tournaments on our lakes are solely saying they're winning because of live scope or, or, or that kind of technology. Every fish they're catching is on that. And I yeah. think that that gets better. You can start throwing a bait at every little dot that you see on your graph instead of hoping you're riding by one. Yeah. That's, I think that's the future. Well, that's out yeah. of my world. But, yeah, that probably is. And, yeah. and I, I think, I, you know, I'm kind of with Dave on it. I think it's going to be the way a certain lure swims. Uh, we were all blown away by a wake bait. We were all blown away when the triple trout came out and how the fish reacted to it and never seeing it before. I remember Matt's first words out of his mouth when he saw one. Me too was, it's the ugliest looking bait in the world. I'd never throw that. Yeah. <laughs> and all, and yeah. all of a sudden you have 15, 8 to 10 pounders chasing it off a point on your first cast. Wow. And you're like, oh, I can't, I can't believe what? this is what it went to. Like, I can't believe this is what it went to when we thought no chance, no how. So me and David, David, Dave's his own little experiment over there. He's going to come out with something cool. And uh, I'm hoping it does something like this in the water. You know, we don't need side to side. Every fish goes side to side. I want to see this sucker go up and down, up and down, yeah. up and down. Give me something like that, Dave. And, and we're going to change the direction in this, the way this uh, works. Dave's, Dave's been making baits for the, the whole time. And he, I've got a truckload of baits that he's made me when I'm off to tournaments. He's like, hey, try this. And he's giving me a crankbait that goes 45 feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's got a, we, we've been pushing him because he's making baits and, you know, selling them to friends. But we've pushed him now and he's started his site, Hangry Bait Co. Yeah. I'll let you talk about it. No, I mean, that's it. And yeah. I do have, I got some ideas. I think it, I think that's really what it is. I think it's just like when you started with with Sean and the broomstick, yeah. And how how yours is swimming perfect. You don't know exactly what it is until it's there. Right. Exactly. Trout was the it was an early glide bait. The, but the reason I say that is because all of our swim baits to the time they came in like a snake. Yeah. Where the triple trout, the way the way Paul at least, or I don't know who it was it Paul or Sean that, that taught me on the triple trout. But it was if you burp it it would jerk it out to the side and that's when you trigger the bites. Yeah. Yeah. So the glide bait, that's what it is. So it, that, those weren't, those are 10 years later. And yeah. even that trip trout when it, you could get it and it could almost face them. And yeah. then there yeah. was no, there was no, there, any time you could get a lure. That's why a lure to face a fish, they got nothing else but to eat it. it yeah. It's, you know, so that was, that thing was gnarly for a while, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. There was, it's all, it all evolves. It's every bait it's, at its moment. And yeah. we can get a bait that tracks, that can track crazy. That's If you could get a bait that comes in and would dart out three feet to the side, you know, just like we were all trying to get to a crankbait to do. Yeah. That to me, because I watch these fish come up on our baits and they're almost in a, in a trance. But you see like a, a, a live fish and they don't have, they can't be tranched. It's left, right, left, right, left, right. Oh, my God. They got to get it. Yeah. And I think we can get our baits to yeah. track and like the glide bait was the first 
tracking swim bait because it would if you pump it and push forward, you're, the bait will will dive out and yeah. some of the gang traps will go three feet, four feet. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, interesting. It's interesting how I I I would agree with everything you said, I, I, especially the movement part, and and not just in swim baits but in all of fishing. It's so interesting to see how different movements trigger different different bites, different responses. And then, yeah, and then like yeah. Paul, I'm, yeah, I fished a lot with Paul, and he was able to every time he saw a chaser, pretty much he would get a reaction yeah. where I like I get frustrated because I, you could just see him not get interested anymore. But you know, it, that's that's so much of the battle is to be able to get them to to actually commit. Yeah. Right, yeah. and what that next, what that next piece of the puzzle is is guys, it's yet to be seen. We're gonna have to see it and find out what that turns into. It's that's that's the fun part for me still is what's gonna be the next one that makes those fish really dumb. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's so interesting. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. And I wonder if I wonder if it's big movement or if wonder if it's lack of movement. You know, I look at I, I follow a lot of what's going on in Japan too. I try to try to keep my pulse on that, and I'm seeing yeah. more and more big baits that. Are, don't have any movement they're, they're like the coming bites. through yeah. straight mm-hmm. as a damn arrow except maybe like just a little a little tail vibration or something you know so maybe it's if, maybe it's lack of movement i don't know i wonder what the next big know, thing will be here's, a, here's something to think about is uh fish don't have wind right they have no wind they don't have any sense of movement really they're they, it's not there so if you look at a a huddleston and ken was the one that really hammered this into me and i'm, I'm starting to really see it more and more in everything i do but if you look at a huddle, if you burn a huddle still in, it puts two vortexes off, two whirlwinds off the tail. And if you think about a fish that's following something and all of a sudden he's feeling this whoosh across his whatever his sensors are, there is, if his lateral line or whatever it is, that's their trigger of it's there's movement here. I, 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 you know, the, that's the swirls and it's recognizable because it's hitting yeah. the cheeks. I'm getting silly with it, but we, we come a half to sometimes. Uh, and I think there's something to do with that, too. I think that these. They get triggered by it. I think there's a reason why that yeah. HUD is so amazing. There's yeah. something to it. There's is. no movement to that really either, but that tail vibrating back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see right. what it is. Um, let me remind everybody watching, if you've got a question, a comment for any of these guys, please hit us up. Dave, we got a couple coming through you want to push through? Well, yeah, we do. But uh, actually, Paul, I'd like to ask you a question. Okay. So, you know, your BMX background. Our last yeah. show, Mike remembered that our dear Brian, uh-huh. like Mike and I were both big flatland guys. We, you know, we really didn't have many tracks to go to. We didn't really have many ramps. We had half pipes here and there, but we were huge on flatland, right. right? So like what, did you have any friends that like showed up with like weird bikes, like in your group? <laughs> like Brian got it. Brian got like a Murray X24 when the rest of us had like, like I had a Harrow, you know, Mike. Mike had a GT, you know, like did any of your friends show up with an odd bike? <laughs> no, you know, it was kind of funny because uh, the way it kind of worked with me, I, I had two buddies that I grew up with that, that we rode bikes all the time. But no, we, we kind of kept our clique small. And uh, it seems like we always were the ones that had the newest, best bikes and, and whatnot. You know, being being where we were, we were kind of in the heart of the BMX scene at the time. And But no, man, I, you know, I had two friends that raced bikes and everybody else thought I was uh, thought I was crazy. And I was chasing the movie Rad my whole life, but it worked out pretty well. Why was there only one rad? How come they didn't do one better than that? Kerr Jones could have done like 17 movies, I know. But uh, I, I don't know. It was just, it's kind of what got me into it. It got a bunch of my friends. It started a whole movement in that BMX community, and that, that definitely is what, yeah, what got me. Tell me. Yeah, no, I, I feel bad for Brian. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, we were broke. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. we were broke. <laughs> uh, I, 
I want to run this past you. There's a lot of young people, kids, and I say kids, and I'm, I mean like 20 to 30-year-olds when I say kids now, watching right now. They're listening right now, and they're not confident in fishing a big bait, whether it's a HUD, whether it's a glide bait, whatever it is. They just have no confidence. There are places where it'll work, but they're, you know, it, it seems so, like something they just can't do. I want to hear one tip from each of you for fishing a big bait. Paul, let's start with you. For fishing a big bait, a lot of it, like I said before, is is reading your lake, reading the lake that you fish. If you go to a lake all the time, you're going to know the characteristics of those fish. Say you pull up there with a swim bait, you throw your swim bait out, and you don't have one follow it, one sniff it, one look at it for 55 casts. All of a sudden, you pick up a spinner bait and you start catching them every cast. Uh, that's a good indicator that, A, they're not looking at that big a bait on your lake. Uh, so I, I really do think, or B, they're just, they, they want to feed on something else and, and not so big. So mm. the way I look at it is, is, is every lake's different and, and you really got to pick apart your lake and know your lake. Uh, some lakes, they just don't want to eat the big baits. You may catch a dumb one, you know, every 55 trips. Some lakes, they don't look to forage on the big baits. Uh, stay away from those lakes. That's my best advice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, Matt, give me not, one. Um, the best. I mean, I, I get this. I, I get this question a lot, a lot. Every seminar I do, everything I do, I get this question, and I think the the most. I don't know if it's the best advice, but it's the advice I've given the most. Is um is even though you might not call it a, a big bait, is the is the HUD sixty eight is is such a good size bait to yeah. start with. It's ten pounders. It's got the same size tail as the as the eight inch. Yeah. Um, but it catches twos and threes and it gives you confidence this little guy it's uh you'll get bit on it a lot and then you know it, it's an easy transition then you know this is a big bait technically it's not that much i mean look at the difference yeah. there's not much there but this gets bit crazy a lot so i always tell people start start with a a, a i say a 68 because it's not a six inch truce it's a bigger than a six yeah. inch bait yeah. But it's a bulky one. So I say start with that and, and get confidence in throwing a swim bait and getting bit. Well, you're not grinding a crankbait. You're not dragging a worm. You're, you're feeling the freedom of that swim bait. Get the confidence and then move up. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Dave, give me one too. Uh, honestly, I think it's all of that, but I, it's just believe. You just got to – just you just – you can't psych yourself out. You gotta have confidence. Like that's that's it. You gotta believe in it. It's what every, every tournament, everything. When you feel it, it happens. I don't know yeah. why, you, but you got it's that confidence thing though. You, yeah. you know, like it, if you go in there negative, it's so hard to get one. Yeah. You know, like you just put me down. Go in open-minded, and you have a lot better day and a lot better opportunity because you're fishing a lot different than if you go in saying this sucks, this sucks, this is never gonna happen. So yeah. I've, you know, I started on earlier saying how Casitas has just gotten good again. And I spent a whole year throwing a HUD, and I didn't get one fish on it last year. This year, it's it's insane how a lake can go over six months, can change so fast. Um, I've put my point now. I had a point. I forgot where I was going with that. Um, oh, so now I'm back in it. I haven't caught a fish there in a year, but I found that uh, it, it, expecting the bite, keeping that. You, every time I turn a handle, I go, Is it, I'm going to get bit. I'm going to get yeah. bit. And it makes the day go by really fast. It does. It's, it sounds weird, but you're uh, that anticipation. Yeah. Because when I've had the bite, so I, I've had hundreds, hundreds of them, and every single one of them gives me the giggles. I caught one with Paul a couple of months ago. My hands were shaking. 
my hands were shaking on an eight and a half pounder. That's but awesome. Was, you know, <laughs> Paul called and he said, do cruise up, but they're kind of biting. So I took the 10 hour drive up and first cast, I got an eight and a half pounder. And I was literally, I just caught a 300 pounder the week, 300 pound bluefin the week before. Yeah. And I looked at him and I go, dude, my hands are shaking from this fish. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. That's the beauty like, of bass fishing, isn't it? If you lose that, you better get out of the sport because that's what it's all about. Uh, now, I, I want to end this with, with this. Um, the re-release of this thing for the first time on YouTube, um, not just in preparation for the show, but I've heard a lot of rumors of a big bait posse too. Let's talk about it, guys. Come on. Is this <laughs> coincidental or is this – Give, give, give me the scoop on this. Is it is it possible? It it is possible. Uh, we've talked about it so many times. It would take Paul would be easy to do. Paul, me and Paul would be we could get it done. I can visit Paul. Sean's got to do some driving unless we wanted to do an Arizona version. Uh, Justin, he's got such a busy schedule. We've all grown up, so schedules are hard. And to make a posse video, this is my biggest thing: is we can go out and catch a couple fish. To make a posse video, I believe you've got to have 40 good fish on film, if not 80. Yeah. You, you, it's like, hey, and they need to be, they need to be pretty big. I mean, all of the right. fish in our video, I look at it now and they do look kind of small because the way the cameras kind of warp it. But every fish in that video is maybe some eights, but most of them are over 10 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so I could say you know, we've got you know 40, 50 catches over 10 pounds on on tape. Yeah. Part two has to kind of live up to that. Right. Right. So, <laughs> might be a, might be a destination trip. Might be a one of it might be a Mexico lake. Oh god. But yeah, even that then, that's, that's that's it. look at how long it took. We had this lake that we went to that often. It would be a commitment. It yeah. would it really it would. Another thing about the posse video which was really cool is it was over a year span so we used a bunch of different baits. Yeah. Yeah. We were through different seasons. You know, we were fishing you know, some, I mean, Dave, I think had the biggest fish in the whole video and his was out of deep, deep water. Yeah. And then we oh, had remember a, that one. Yeah. Stabbed my thumb when I went for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then, then at the end, they, we ended the video with all lunker punker footage or yeah. at least not yeah. you know, water footage. So it was, uh, speaking of which I brought this cause I get asked so many times for this. This is the bait that I used in that video. Look at that. You wow. can see. The, <laughs> <laughs> holy hell well the weighting came out of it so i had to glue bullet weights in there if you can see those oh, oh wow dude God. Awesome. look at that bait he yeah. this thing has caught hundreds of fish dude, over put 10 that pounds. thing on the wall mount that thing bro Hold on, did you hear what he said hundreds over 10 oh yeah oh yeah but so hundreds is, yeah, the truth yeah i haven't caught um, one yeah <laughs> when we figured out that this big topwater bite I used this, and then sh I actually, when I figured this out, I called Paul, and I said, I got this bait. you got to come fish a tournament with me, and we blew that one out with massive weight. Oh, then I got uh, appendicitis so that night. So I called Sean from the hospital. I said, Sean, you've got to drive down right now and fish a big topwater, biggest you can have, and he had a pup fish, and he brought that down. For that month, would you say, Paul, was about a month-long bite? This that. is not an exaggeration. There was, there was me in my boat. Sean and his boat with Paul, Dave, and then Mike Brakebill and, and or Justin. So it's about five of us on the lake during the summer, and we're getting 10 to 15 bites fish over 10 pounds each a day. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. 10 it bites was, each. Each. Wow. 
Wow. So we're putting in 45 fish over 10 pounds in one day, and we did it for a month straight, and the bite didn't start till 11, so you could sleep in. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there was guys catching 15-pounders, 17-pounders. I yeah. mean, yeah. These, these are going on record in the local papers and this yeah. and that. I mean, it wasn't a secret. There, there was a period of time there where Lake Casitas pumped out, I don't know how many 10 to 17-pound fish in a matter of two to three years. That's but insane. Blue. There was still everyone right. was asking us, what are you guys doing? Yeah. You're cheating. People accuse us of cheating. So yeah. you did it, like it was so wide. Go throw anything you're bit. Yeah. Uh, you, the t- fishing was tough until I pulled this out. It was the, the HUD bite of dive. Yeah. And we didn't have glide baits. And I pulled this out because we were allowed to cast over t- uh, buoy lines for a tournament. So I, I, I found this musky bait basically that I could cast really, really far. And that's how I realized how well it worked. And it opened up that bite. Wow. Hey, Paul, the lake you just mentioned, is that the one that the cop, uh, Paul Krupe, almost caught the world record in? Yes, I believe so. Oh, that was Castaic. Yeah, no, that was Castaic. Uh, what one were you just saying? Casitas. Oh, uh, okay. Cacetus. All right, got you. Yeah. Very easily caught a 21-pounder out of there. That's the biggest fish. There was a, a lot of, not a lot, but a handful of like 18, 19-pounders. That was in the, the mid-'80s. And then uh, that kind of went away. There was about a 19 caught in about 2004. And then it, and they stopped planting trout. The lake dropped, so there wasn't a stick in the lake. And it, it got like 11 pounds one tournament last year. Wow. Yeah. So you take, you take away their food source, and they, they just shrink. And, so they and, don't, and don't stock it with trout anymore. They nope. just started again. They just so started. They, David. They, yeah. I was at the lake for the first plant last week. And um, there were there was trout running around and and I, I, this is what trips me out is guys are catching big fish, eight to ten pounders and I'm like, in six months how did this lake do that? It's amazing. Wow. Amazing. I think the big fish in these lakes when this when they draw down like this I think they go in the middle and just kind of suspend and become very pelagic. Yeah. Because there's no way that lake could come back from two pounders. Biggest fish of my whole year was a, was a three ninety. Wow. And and this year, it's straight five and six to eight pounders right. again. So they didn't disappear. They were there somewhere. They got skinny and smaller. Like all of the – when they first stopped planting, all of the 12-pounders that we had, these giant mega ones, they started getting caught, and there were seven-pounders. And you were like, oh, I feel so bad catching them. Then those disappeared, and we started catching fat six-pounders or you know that range. And then, then those started fading. But it's – we got rain. The lake came up. Now we've had brush underwater for – 12 months, they started planning, and it's like a light switch. Light wow. switch. I've got butterflies again going there. So, Matt, do you think Dave Matthews needs to make do a song about it, or what do you think? <laughs> What's that? Do you think <laughs> Dave Matthews needs to do a song about that lake, or what? Or is it, is it, or is it on the rebound? Uh, yeah, absolutely, dude. I mean, it's, right. uh, I, I always yeah. said this, and I've said Lake Casitas was the <laughs> lake in the whole world. In the whole world. Had to be. At its, at its prime. Better than Mexico. I've been to Mexico, but they they eat tilapia. I don't know. It's different. I, I swear to you, I saw the world record. I, it, yeah. I'm, I'm convinced I seen it in that lake. Couldn't catch it, obviously, but I it's what gave that motivation to go there and do these things because you yeah. just knew. And honestly, you could have – I mean, Paul, at 16, what, it was 16 yeah. that you got. I got 15 yeah. and a half. There was 17. Like, there were, they were there. Like, yeah, yeah. 
that opportunity or that possibility was there. They just got smart when they got that old. So yeah. you really had to like try to figure, you know. Yeah. Dave, 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 you caught a 17-pound fish? Paul did, right? No, oh, Paul, Paul caught it. Oh, my God. It's insane. <laughs> when the HUD first came out, it wasn't even out yet. I was friends with Ken, and so I, he sent me two of them as kind of like a early release thing. They were still, what, a year? We had them about a year early. Right. And uh, I fished him, and then I gave Sean one for the Sunday. He's like, I'll come back tomorrow. So I gave him one to fish, and then he called me at like 9 in the morning. And I'm working on my trolling motor, and he's like, oh, my God, we've all had 10 over 10, and Paul's got a 15 and a half. Or, oh, it was nuts that day. <laughs> No, and everyone, they would catch a fish, cut it off, and trade. Yeah. yeah. No, my, my first one on it, I took from Sean, Paul's brother, <laughs> got on my trolling motor and was speed casting, trying to chase or get away from him, and I caught one, and then I had to give him back the lure. Oh, my God. What, what would you guys say if I told you that if any of us send each other a selfie of a five, we're all like, where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's true. It's, it's a different world where we're at here. We're like trapped in the desert. Uh, yeah, we were we were spoiled back then. That's you, for sure. Uh -huh. Well, let me ask you this: Will there ever be a time or a place as good as that era you're talking about right nope. now? Will no. it ever be as good as that again anywhere? I'm gonna say yes. The reason I'm gonna say yes is because someone someone said to me the other day when I released that video and someone emailed me and going, man, I wish I was around during those days. I missed it. Yeah. And, 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 and even though we did have a big fishery, there were some big fish getting caught, but it wasn't – we tapped into it. We tapped into it with obviously a new bait and a, and a ton of drive. Now, where the fish were in there, but there are lakes with those fish in it. And I bet you if you took a crew of us, the, of kids of us, like psycho guys, and you put them on – there's so many lakes in NorCal. There, there's some a lot of lakes we've never heard of that are plugged easily as plugged as that lake yeah. was. They they still plant trout. Paul's got some. We've been trying to get up there and, and film them, but they, they're it's it's some bad roads. Yeah. Uh, but there, I believe that it's just there's plenty of lakes. You need you need a psycho group of guys. One guy can't do it. Yeah. There's too many days where I blanked and I would go, the bite's over, and Sean would open his well and go, well, try this bait. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So it, it's the network. It's the opportunity and the way that all was created at, at, at Lake Casitas. It was, it was 30 minutes outside of, of, of northern Los Angeles County. And, and where we all lived and, and our network of people that we had, that being so close, is the reason that worked and we were able to tap into it like we did. And yeah. I just don't know if there's another crew of guys out there that, that are willing that, that have that fishery next to them. There's definitely fisheries capable of doing it. Yeah. Whether there's a group of guys willing to do what we did to capture that for everybody. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, 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 we I, can, I, can, I, we, I, you know, we, we would stay up all night, party, go fish all day. There was no question that we were going to the lake. Yeah. But yeah. we were doing everything else, and that that that's a lot of drive right there, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, I drive straight from Hollywood, drunk, straight to the lake. <laughs> oh I'd be in, man! I'd club clothes, and I'd be changing the parking lot. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I gotta take my clothes off and get changed. <laughs> Fish, yeah. <laughs> beer bottles rolling out of the truck. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh. Well, I I gotta tell you honestly, I you know, and I'll say it again. I think 
what happened, what you guys did, uh, this video, it changed, it changed the world, honestly, in fishing. It, it changed the way people think. It changed the way people fish. Big baits, how they capture content. This was such a groundbreaking thing, um, and 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 you know what what you guys did. It's, it's hard to reflect back and say, man, we we did this, but you guys did do that, and and I want to give you credit for that. It's pretty amazing, and I Thank think you, the man. next group of kids, I think they're out there, man. I hope there so. Is, I'm, I'm hopeful that there's more totally psycho anglers that are hardcore dedicated they love their craft i hope they're out there they're waiting for guggen to make a swim bait they're waiting for guggen to make a swim bait that might that might be true you know that there's you know what's also changed mike is the tournaments when we were younger there were no tournaments and as obviously during our prime the tournaments have now multiplied by billions so it it, it also is also harder for these kids to get into the swim bait thing solely you you have to ditch the tournaments. Yeah. It, you, you, if you're going to be serious about tournaments, that's all you can do. Yeah. So I, we all, I was heavy into tournaments when I got into the swim baits and had to take a back seat. Tournaments had to take a rest for a sec. Uh, we still threw them in tournaments and we won them in tournaments. We also got last place a lot too. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be harder for kids because there's every kid fishes tournaments. It seems like. I mean, the sport is 250 boat tuning tournaments this weekend sold out sold yeah. out yeah uh, and before it was 25 and it's it's changed so yeah it'll be hard to find that group of kids that isn't that is hungry that isn't wrapped up in tournaments that has the time and the resources near a lake but yeah. it, there's definitely a movement for that right now this swim bait underground this swim bait uh universe and all these different places where all these kids are coming together to, yeah. to learn the swim bait craft is is exploding and so there will be who they are man we can't wait to see because we'd love to see it too yeah i hope it happens i hope it happens and uh and if there's there's young kids watching right now go for it man you could do the same thing uh before we let you guys go i want to give you a chance um to to give a shout out let everybody follow you uh i know you got different things going on dave start with you tell us a little bit how how can people follow you got this bait thing going how can they how can they cop a couple baits from you it's uh, Instagram, Hangry Bait Co. Yep, that's it. Yeah, give him a message. He'll be posting out photos yeah. of his baits. Yeah, I got I got some things up my sleeve. <laughs> cool. I like it, Matt. I know there's lots of people right now saying I gotta get uh, I gotta get Paul's swim bait rod. How do they do it? How can they get a hold of you? How can they follow you? So it's iRod Fishing is the website, and then that's where you can see all the rods. But uh, obviously, Tackle Warehouse, I mean, oh, we have a, a vast dealer amount, but Tackle Warehouse will get you over there overnight. They have every rod in stock, and it's the Bailey Swim, which is with the – it's such a perfect rod for swim baits, period. It casts a HUD really well, and it casts a depth 250. It covers that whole range. It's got a good tip. for. All. I'll let Paul talk about that too. But uh, iRod Fishing is our YouTube page. As well, I rod fishing for YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. With YouTube, me and Paul have been putting up a lot of content on swim baits. That's all we've been doing through like the Stoked on Fishing shows. Check those out. We've got a new one coming out this month. And uh, we're always adding swim bait stuff onto our page. Paul's in the mecca of it. So Very, very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. And Paul, of, of course, people watching right now say, you know what? Screw this shit. I want to get out in the boat and actually see this. They can do that with you, right? How, how can they do it? How can they follow you? Absolutely. You know, email me is the best way to do it. Bigbaitbailey at gmail.com. Um, that's going to get the fastest response. I, I get to those on my phone all the time. They, they constantly come through and I'm responding to them. Any of my social media platforms as well. Uh, Bigbaitbailey on Instagram. 
uh, Paul Bailey on Facebook. Uh, but really email me at the, at the big bait Bailey at gmail.com. Tell me what your interests are. We'll let you know when the best chances for those interests happen. And uh, we'll get you set up with a guide trip up here in Northern California. Uh, it's epic swim bait country and, and we pretty much do it all year long. So any of my social media platforms, guys, and, and, you know, thank you for having us. This is awesome. TikTok now as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We're, we're doing, we're doing a TikTok as well. And we've been having a lot of fun with that. And I noticed you were on there, Mike. You don't have too much content yet, but I promise you. The way this is going, you're going to be on there very, very, very soon because there is a ton of people joining this movement right now. And and it's a little bit different than your, your typical social media platforms. And you have a lot more fun with the content that we put on there and more, a lot more goofing off and, yeah. and a lot less seriousness. And so, yeah. so check us out there. And, and, and this has been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, guys, I, I appreciate you coming on so much. So awesome catching up with you. And it, it honestly feels like a, a chapter in a book. And I know there's more chapters to come, so I'm excited to see what comes. Maybe a big bait posse, too. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Good Good night, guys. We'll see you. Thank you. See you, Brian. Man, that was awesome. Uh, I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. It's hard to to sit here and, you know, say that that wasn't one of the most important things that happened, because I think it was. They got video, a lot of big names they mentioned. That were important to this big bait movement, but that video did change the world in bass fishing. So, so good to catch up with those guys. Uh, Brian Carpenter, we're gonna take another break. We wanna do that, and when we come back, I think we're gonna um, we're gonna open this mystery tackle box when we come back, and then we have one more segment. Yes, we do. We've got Paul we've got, Bailey's brother Sean. We've got Sean, and we got Sean Justin Bailey Kerr and Justin Kerr joining us. Can't wait to catch up with those guys as well. See what they're up to. Uh, how you doing back there, Zog? Everything going good? Stick your head in there right. again. It looks like the back yeah. of Epstein's plane. Go ahead. Hold on. Hold on. What the yeah. frig? Right. <laughs> Poke him in the eye again. All right. All right. Uh, hang in there with us. Uh, we've got one more segment. When we come back, more Ike Life. You good, man? You know we're doing a video right now, right? I'm about to go down there and tackle that dude. Hey! <laughs> hey, the official world. What's shaking fat cat dude coming at you? Listen. Let's talk about something very important, and I'm not talking about Jack of Jaws ripping lips, 2455 and Big Belly Kelly out of a brush pile. I found Primal Urge Foods. Ladies and gentlemen, what Primal Urge Foods is, it is a monthly meat stick box month. Every month, you get a box of meat sticks to your door. Retail is probably, I don't know, $30, $40, $14.95 a month. Now, you can pick many different varieties. You can pick a surprise box. You get a little bit of this, you get a little bit of that. You get some 24, 55, and 54. No, we don't like antibiotics. No antibiotics. And these right here, completely, completely eagle free. Now, the gas stations B6 you buy probably have eagle in them. They have rhinoceros in them. But we are Americans. America! We're not eating bald eagles in our meat sticks. Guaranteed, none of these meat sticks have bald eagle in them. That's the number one reason to buy these meat sticks. You want to get granddaddy a gift? Hey, I... You're dating a girl. Ooh, she fine as muscadine wine. And you want to warm up her hair? Tell you, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm getting excited talking about women. Uh, I forget. I forget what it's. Primal Urge, fourteen ninety five a month. Monthly meat box subscription. It could be called a uh, bombs, bombs box of meat sticks. <laughs> you just do like I do, and every month the box shows up, and I don't know what's going to be in it, but they're all delicious. The meat right there. I, I, I tell you what, that's something going right there. It's girthy. It's Fat Cat Newton, Primal Urge Foods. Please. Ike Live is the code, guys. Ike Live. Ike 
live is a code, okay? Primarch Foods, Ike Live is a code. It gets you five dollars off a box, okay? Four and a half inch drop shot worm, Bama Bug. Finesse Jig, PB&J, give me something hard. Hey, KVD here. Now, I didn't always know this much about fishing. Three-aught, no, four-aught EWG worm hook. In fact, there was a time when I couldn't tell the difference between a jerkbait and a stickbait. But then I signed up for Mystery Tackle Box, the original monthly tackle subscription. And now I know more about fishing than I do about calculus. And he knows a lot about calculus. Plus, I get amazing extras, like free fishing magazines. October 2016, featured article, Four Places to Throw a Frog. Exclusive decals, <coughs> zombie bass. And how-to videos for all the great baits I receive. How to tune a crankbait. Is that underwater footage I smell? I got goosebumps. So if you're looking to develop enhanced fishing abilities like me, or you just like getting new tackle every month, Go to mysterytacklebox.com and get your box today. Ooh, live minnows. Is it lunchtime already? Nature's candy. Oh. Is he in my pocket? Hey, everybody. Mike Iaconelli here. I love fishing this time of the year. It's cold. It's winter. It's snowing. But if you want to prevent the buildup of ice, use real snot. Every time I'm fishing this time of the year, I put a couple squirts on all my guides, especially the tip before I start casting. Try that tip when you're fishing under these cold conditions and you're gonna catch more fish. See you later. There's a special place in our hearts for the tools of the trade. They're what we prep for a good day on the water. They're what we clean after a good day in the field. Flambeau's patented Z-Rust technology protects the gear of today from rust and corrosion. Z-Rust, for the performance of tomorrow. Preserve. Perform. Repeat. You work hard to catch your fish. TH Marine has two products to ensure your fish survive. The Oxygenator injects 100% pure oxygen into your live well. That increases fish survival by 35%. For the perfect combo, add G-Juice Live Well Treatment. It calms fish, stops bleeding, removes ammonia, and replaces slime coat. Get an Oxygenator and G-Juice and keep your fish alive. Hey.